Big Ten Backers Podcast. This is your podcast for Big Ten football or anything college football related. From Jim Harbaugh's shirtless escapades to Brett Billima's hog-sized waistline with Ryan Day's beard dye and anything else in between. Big Ten Backers has the headlines from around the college football landscape. Oh, hey there, Big Ten Backers. This is your host, AJ, with Buckeye Steve. We just call him Top Beef. Grab a beer. We'll put college football in your ear. Let's rock and roll. I got mine. Welcome back, Big Ten Backers. We got another week. We got them big-ass dump trucks. It's week 11. But B, before we get started, what's going on in your life? How we doing, man? Getting pumped, man. It's almost that time. Big games in the Big Ten and all across the landscape, baby. I'm getting ready. I'm going to enjoy this weekend. What about you, man? Making that long trip back from Vegas? Yep, I'm still out here in Vegas getting my party on, getting my bets in, getting my gambling on. It's a good time, man. Had a little ceremony today, but life is good. It's definitely ready to get back home. I've been hitting the sauce, and now I need to rest it up, man. Shit, I'm ready to hit the sauce. <laughs> I've been hitting it all week. Now you about to get started. But B, let's get to these big ass dump trucks. Everybody's looking at these big ass dump trucks. They want to hear about them. They want to talk about them. They want to be about them. We got the Midwest Corn Fest Game of the Week. We have number three Michigan at number 10 Penn State. 12 p.m. Fox Big Dune kickoff. Michigan takes their Connorless Wolverines to Beaver Stadium and Happy Valley, home of the Nittany Lions, in this epic Big Ten showdown in PA, baby. Michigan hasn't seen a team this talented, not even close to this talented, all season. Watch out. The story here are those Ds, and both of them got some big Ds to put into that Beaver Stadium. You have the number one scoring defense of Michigan, only allowing 6.7 points per game. The Lions sit at three, allowing just 11.9. They are also the one and two teams in yards allowed. Penn State's also second in the country in sacks and will need to be up for JJ and Blake Corum because those guys can ball. These Nittany Lions, they will be juiced and ready to get James Franklin a big win he hasn't had much success in doing in his career at Penn State. Defensive coordinator Diaz has turned that Lions defense around, and they coming. They coming for Michigan. Michigan is the favored team, but it's never easy to play in Happy Valley. Michigan also has some pending punishments coming from the Big Ten, so I expect them to play with some extra anger, and they're going to take out their anger from the Big Ten out on Penn State. Beef. This will be a slobber knocker defensive battle with everything on the line. How do you see this epic game unfolding? You know, the interesting part about this is this is where a team wants to have their team tested so that they know what the mental strength of the team is. Michigan, they haven't had those ups and downs, those ebbs and flows that comes with a heavyweight battle with a talent equated team how does this team react how do the leaders on this team lift up another player that's slipping man if a turnover doesn't go their way 
Do they shake it off? Do they rebound? And it's not just one player's mental toughness that has to be on point in a big game like this. It's 22 different players and all the coaches. They all have to overcome the environment on top of it. Just one person can fuck up the entire team's mojo in a game like this, man. So they all have to be ready to go. They all have to not have mental lapses. And that's the reason you'd like them tested, man. They haven't been tested. We want to know how they respond to adversity. This Wolverines team is mentally strong with a huge fucking lead. And then no, they don't take their foot off the gas. That's for damn sure. But what to look for keys to this game. Penn State leads the nation in turnover margin at plus 16. That's 20 turnovers created by this defense, man. And they've only given away four. Basically, their offense is created because of turnovers. Because they suck. And I mean suck in yards. 61st in the nation in yards per game. Well, I guess that's not suck. And it's not even quite Big Ten West suck. It's just pedestrian. Points per game, they are sixth. So they've been getting a lot of points without yards. That means it's coming from turnovers. It's got to come somewhere. How do you score without getting yards? You get the ball close to your end zone. So, like I said, biggest keys of this game, turnovers. So look for that first. Then, in the red zone, Michigan has only allowed one touchdown all year inside the red zone. I know their opponents are dog shit, but damn, Ohio State has a top defense and has allowed more touchdowns in the red zone. I mean, you can get one touchdown in the red zone just by Rutgers and Purdue. You can beat that. With Penn State, you can get more than one red zone touchdown in their game against Illinois. And in 10 games, that's all they've given up in the red zone. That's pretty damn impressive, dude. Even against cream puffs. Again, keep track of the turnovers. Protect your balls, Michigan. It's Penn State's coming after them. Sandusky style. Sorry, I couldn't resist. I know that's over the top, but it fits so perfectly. My prediction, Penn State only gets one turnover. And Michigan shows its mental toughness. 28 to 10. What you got, AJ? Michigan, and maybe Jim Harbaugh, gets it done and destroys the Lions in Beaver Stadium, winning 27-20. We have another beautiful game. Another big-ass dump truck. And it's B-E-A beautiful. This is the backers' big one. Number nine, Ole Miss. And number two, Georgia. 7 p.m. game on ESPN. The Lane Train Rebels arrive in Athens to face the two-time consecutive national champion dogs in another BEA beautiful SEC Saturday night matchup. And Beeb, I'm ready. We got a great opener and a great closure this week, boy. Ole Miss quarterback Jackson Dart versus the dogs dog quarterback Carson Beck. Beck has been getting hot the last few weeks and Dart will look to be the tip of the dart and spearhead for his boys. Dogs finished a tough test last week taking down Mizzou. They better be up on the blue chew for another, and maybe even a more talented squad coming into Athens this time. Georgia has put 26 consecutive wins on the line this Saturday. That's a school record. They haven't seen a loss since Bama in 2021. 
The dogs are averaging 9.1 per pass and 4.9 per rush. They are known for their D, but these dogs are different. They score often, my friend. B, break down this quarterback battle between Dart and Beck. Man, at first thought, I thought Beck would be way on top. No comparison versus Dart. But man, there's not much difference statistically. When you compare them, passing yards, Beck's ninth in the nation, Dart's 19th. Passing TDs, they're both tied at 39th in the nation with 16. 16 touchdowns. Both of them have four interceptions. Completion percentage, there's a little separation. Beck has 72.2%, Dart 65.6%. So that's actually a pretty good amount if you think about percentage-wise. Dart equalizes that with his running ability. He has like 350-some yards rushing and four touchdowns. What? Man, this got me thinking. What would happen if Ole Miss wins this game? Where are they going to rank out? Because Bama could win out, win the division, play Georgia, and still Ole Miss won't even win their division. They won't make it to the championship game. Does an 11-1 team that beat Georgia get left out of the college football playoff? I don't fucking know, man. Depends on what everyone else does, I guess. That's a toughie. I mean, that would be a conundrum for that committee. They'd be like, fuck it, let's go to 12 right now. I mean, I think they should. Why wait another fucking year? This year would be a good year for it, too, boy. Every year's a good fucking year for it. It just means more good football, man. Come on. Makes no damn sense. Just let it happen. Yes, sir. But who cares? It won't happen anyway. Dogs by two, more than two touchdowns. I got the dogs. 45-27. Let me hear what you think. Dogs dominate the Rebels within 35-24. We got some more games for you. They just keep on rolling out. It's a beautiful week. College football. We got number 18, Utah. At number 5, Washington. 3.30 p.m. game on Fox. Utes and Dogs and a Pac-12 thriller. This will be a great filler in between those games we just talked about. Washington hasn't faced a defense this good, but they do have that number 4 yardage offense getting 509 yards per game. And they look to dog walk the Utes D. Defense end for Utah, Jonah Ellis leads the pack done in sacks and is third in the nation. But he won't be throwing that rock or helping the Utes sputtering offense. Beef, can Utah keep pace with that Washington offense on the road? Pac-12 teams at home typically get it done. And the Pac-12 teams going to get it done again at home. Utah was exposed by those ducks, man. They are one-dimensional. But this matchup is actually a little bit better suited for the one-dimensional team that they are. So let's look at this. Washington with their offense. Utah with that defense. It's big on big. Utah's D. Will it slow down the Phoenix? I think it'll slow them down. They're giving up 15.9 points per game. Good for ninth in the nation in scoring defense. And Washington is averaging 41.7 points per game, fourth in the nation in scoring on all. What really is the kicker here? Is that Utah offense is not quite Big Ten West bad? So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! They not good. 1.4 points better than the Big Ten West best. 
averaging 25 points per game, where Wisconsin, the Big Ten's best in the Big West, averages 23.6. So, I mean, pedestrian. That's not going to get them any better. That's not going to keep them scoring at will with the Phoenix. I got this game 34-17. What do you got? Oh, you do too. Shit. Shit, brother. Right there with you, B. Right there with you. I copied your score. I'll give you credit. Hey, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Like Great minds think alike, baby. It just looks so good, I had to take it. <laughs> we got one more big-ass dump truck for you. We had number 13, Tennessee, at number 14, Missouri. Tennessee is on the road against the Tigers of Mizzou, who are currently licking some dog wounds. This is the first time these two teams will meet where they are both ranked teams. Both teams have been eliminated from the playoffs. This one's going to have to be for bragging rights in this similar talented matchup between these two. Vols bring in the nation's number three rushing offense, averaging 227.8 yards per game. Isn't that crazy for Heupel? He just flipped the damn script. Went from a bombs over Baghdad offense to putting that shit on the ground. Crazy. I mean, he just readjusted his whole offensive scheme. To fit his players, man. I got to give him credit for that. Mizzou is a solid team all the way around. They may look a bit outmatched on the stats, but boy, these Tigers are at home, and that matters sometimes. Beef, how do you see this SEC battle going? Well, let's look at that. Missouri offensively averages 434 yards per game and 32.4 points per game. Conversely, Tennessee averages 466.4, so about 22 yards per game greater for Tennessee, and they're scoring 34.8 points per game, so 2.4 points per game more. I think the home field advantage can overcome that def- that offensive difference, right? But then let's look at that D. Missouri. They're giving up 343.2 yards per game and also giving up 24 points per game. Tennessee, on the other hand, 319 yards per game and 18.4 points per game. So roughly, you know, 24 yards more a game. But really the biggest difference is that six points per game, almost six points per game. That's almost a touchdown, man. That's a big difference. Looking at that, it would make a lot more sense to go with Tennessee. Those defensive stats, they're having my mind telling me no, but my body, my body's telling me yes. So I'm going with Missouri, baby. And the opposite of your score, Missouri 31, Tennessee 24. Absolutely beautiful rendition you put on there. I think that you got a record deal coming. But you're definitely wrong on the score. Bulls are going to win on the road. 31-24. But Beave, it is that time. Who are we? What do we talk about? What do we love? Where do we go every weekend? We go to the Big Ten. Big Ten. So let's go ahead and start breaking down the rest of those Big Ten games. We did cover one because it was a fucking dump truck. Big Ten Roundup. Week 11. Let's get on that big on big action. We got Rutgers at number 22, Iowa. 3.30 p.m. game on BTN. 
Hawkeyes play host to the Knights of New Jersey. Rutgers looks to bounce back after taking a loss from the Buckeyes at home last week. Iowa got a gritty win in Wrigley in the Windy City, and that win may have helped them boot that 53-yard field goal to end it. Rutgers, the number two Big Ten rushing offense, will face off against that stingy number four ranked Big Ten defense of the Hawkeyes. That's only allowing 13.7 points per game. Beave, what you got on these two teams? Hey, man, that Rutgers team, obviously they showed last week. They're a feisty team, and they're about to go show out in Iowa City. They're playing with a purpose, and you saw that running game against a dominant defense in Ohio State. They're ready to do the same against another dominant D in Iowa. Fourth in the nation, giving up just 13.7 points per game. But Rutgers got 16 on Ohio State, who just gives up 10.7 points per game. If they can get a full five points greater on Iowa's average, that's 18, 19 points. And I'm not sure Iowa's offense is up for that much scoring, man. You think they can put that many points on the board? Mm. Mm. No, absolutely not. I mean, you saw them. I think it's getting worse. Now that Brian knows he's gone, he's like, man, I don't even want to score. I'm not even trying no more. Poor guy. Can't even try. That's so sad. I mean, last week, would they would they get 10 points? Yep, 10 points. Exactly. Their, their percentage is going down, bro. So I got I got Rutgers, man. 12 to 9. Nothing but field goals. <laughs> I picked Rutgers as well. 14-13. Let's get to that next Big Ten game. We got Maryland at Nebraska, 12 p.m. on the cock. Peacock, that is. Oh, yeah. Give me that cock. You're, you can have all the cock. Did I just say that? Did I just say that? You did just say that. This will be Let's Go Bowling Bowl for the Huskers and Terps. Nebraska will need to look to all the ball security because they were turning it over once again, just like they did to start off a season. Boy, those turnovers have tossed their salad this year. Maryland has been on a skid since turning to the Big Ten conference play, losing its last four games to the Big Ten opponents. Struggling. Maryland does have the number two best Big Ten passing game, averaging 280 yards per game. Beef. Nebraska has the best rushing offense in the Big Ten. Who's winning it? Pass or run? Man, I got to go with the running team. I think Maryland has checked out for the season. Losing those four straight, and this would make five L's in a row. That's sorry, man. And if they can lose to Illinois and Northwestern back-to-back, Nebraska can get it done, too. And obviously, they don't match up well with those teams with zero offense. So let's give it to Nebraska, man. Let's get those Cornhuskers bowling. Let's see them in that pinstripe. I said it last week, and I was. Looking forward for them getting the win against Michigan State because I thought for sure it was going to happen. Well, I'm sticking with my Huskers, even though they disappointed me last week. They're going bowling 21-16. I'm right there with you, B. I think Nebraska gets it done at home, and they win this one. 28-24. Kingpin, baby. Let's go bowling. Hey, do they rush the field? Do the fans rush the field for a win when they go bowling? They, I mean, I think they got to, right? They should. It's been, what, 2016? They should. 
let's call for it, man. We need we need to get those Huskers rushing the field. Huskers rush the field, baby. Come on, take it. We need to see some gold post in a fucking river somewhere. Let's go. Yeah, put that shit in some water anywhere. Let's move on to the next Big Ten game. We got Indiana at Illinois, 12 p.m. game on BTN. Illinois has been surging, and Burt and his bellies are gaining weight. I mean, gaining momentum, winning their last two games. Indiana last week got their first win in conference play when Tom Allen and his boys took down Wisconsin. Illinois has the Big Ten's fourth best passing offense, getting 234 passing yards per game. Not sure if that's a brag or an insult on Big Ten's ability to play offense this year. But hell, they're fourth in the Big Ten. Beave, what team that has found recent success <laughs> takes this W? If you want to call that success, go ahead, man. I don't know what to say. I want to transition to this into just talking about Bellama in his interview about the Michigan saga. I mean, because he came out and said, he, he gave uh, Pat Fitzgerald a little credit, saying, oh, you know, the integrity of the league is at stake. He said it was sickening. If the, if the allegations are true, sickening. I mean, he didn't dance around it at all. But he, he gave a story about how one time when Pat Fitzgerald was playing against him and their signals, their play calls were actually coming through Northwestern's headsets. Pat Fitzgerald made everyone turn off their headsets, take them off and switch channels. The ultimate class act. And it was just like, you know, a bone thrown to Pat Fitzgerald for being a stand up, morally correct guy even though he got fired for some bullshit that wasn't his control. And maybe it didn't even happen. Who knows? Sounded like it maybe was a disgruntled player from a few years ago that didn't get his way, transferred out of the place. But who cares? Let's get back to this game that no one cares about because we have to. I'm going to go with the home team here. I'm going to pull a pack done. I'm going to go with Illinois. Illinois, 14 to 10. I got the fighting Illini winning this one. At home, like you said, 20 to 13. You know what we need to do? We need to check back on that and see how many people actually watch this game. I think that that would be interesting to know. <laughs> Let's throw that out there. It had five viewers. On TV, on TV at noon, five people watched Indiana at Illinois. <laughs> and they got a shit ton of money from the Big Ten for it. All right, man. We got Minnesota at Purdue and another one no one really cares about. You know it's bad. We got Minnesota at Purdue, 3.30 p.m. on NBC. You know it's bad for the Gophers when they are a one-point underdog heading into Purdue. They need a win here to get bowl eligible. Purdue hasn't had much to brag about. And honestly, not sure how they got to be this one-point favorite in this game. But hell, it happened. Hudson Card and that offense is getting less than 40% on third down completions. And that's why they only have two wins on the season. Beef, can Minnesota pick up that elusive sixth win of the season against Purdue? Yes, yes, they can. But remind me first why there's a Big Ten West. None of these damn teams actually care about winning. I mean, at least there's fans in Iowa, Nebraska, and Wisconsin that care. But otherwise... They just live for upsets every 20 to 30 years, and that's all they're going for. Minnesota has more riding on this game, getting to a bowl game, getting that bowl eligibility. So I'd have to say them getting the six win means more. And as far as that one point advantage that Purdue's getting, 
I think Vegas just got lazy. Once they got their way all the way down to this game, they're like, fuck, I'm done. I'm ready to go to bed. Fuck it. Just give the home team a one point advantage. Who cares? Kind of like I think. I don't care what the score of this game is going to be. What do you got? Gophers, go bowling, get it done on the road, and they win this one 20 to 13. Oh, see, you know, I think there's going to be more points in, in this game, man. This game's going to put up those points in the Big Ten West. 24 14. <laughs> you added so much more points. That's Big Ten West style right there. It's a lot of points. That's a big, 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 big difference. I mean, that was a whole five points. That was a massive difference. I mean, if I could add five inches, I'd, I'd be a monster. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> There's some truth there. I mean, I don't know where you're sitting at now, but if you add five to it, that's always a good thing. Just five more. You know? That's all I need. <laughs> that's a lot. Exactly. That's my point. But anyways, B, we got Northwestern at Wisconsin. 3.30 game, Fox Sports 1. Another Big Ten West matchup. Hooray, hooray. We all love it. Northwestern in Madison against the banged up Badgers. At one time, I would have called this a wash, but Northwestern has gotten better and better. And they're looking better than I originally thought. Badgers need to get healthy. Need to get this win for postseason play. Luke Fickle needs to figure it out without Braylon Allen and Chez Beluzzi. Also down their quarterback, Tanner Mordecai. But let's talk about Northwestern a little bit. Northwestern interim coach David Braun is one win away from being the first Northwestern coach since 1903 to have five wins in their first season. 1903. That's how bad Northwestern historically has been. Every time they get a new coach, they have never won five games in their first season, except in 1903. Holy shit. That's crazy. But Beef, what new coach you taking here? You taking Fickle or Braun? Remember, Fickle's got a banged up squad. Yeah. Look at the way this schedule sets up for Northwestern. Go look at their win-loss record. They start out with a loss, then a win, then a loss, then a win, then a loss, then a win. All the way down their fucking schedule. It alternates. A win, a loss, a win, a loss. If that pattern continues to repeat itself again, that means they're getting a win in Madison. How do I pick against something so blatantly obvious? They do have zero wins on the road this season. So I'm breaking the pattern, picking the Badgers at home. It's too much of a coincidence to continue with that stupid fucking pattern. Wisconsin is the best offensive unit in the Big Ten West, even without their entire running back room and their starting quarterback. They're going to score some points. 20 of them, 20 to 13. That's my final call. I'm also taking the Badgers. I want to give this one a 24-20 game. Lockie helps get the win at home. All right, we got our last Big Ten game for the weekend that we're going to talk about because, well, we talked about the rest of them, so it only makes sense. We got Michigan State at Ohio State, 7.30 p.m. game on NBC. Buckeyes will play host to one of the Big Ten's worst teams. But that worst team finally got a conference win last week. This should be a nice and easy night in Columbus for those Buckeyes. Michigan State will need all the help here. They're going to need turnovers and special teams and Jesus and refs, Connor Stallions, and maybe, just maybe, they could keep it within 10. Ohio State has the number two ranked defense in the nation and also have the Big Ten's best passing offense. 
thanks to Marv the Martian. Beef, how bad does Sparty get beat here? Hey man, who says I'm picking Sparty against Ohio State? Of course I am. Marv pads his stats, gets two touchdowns, 150 yards receiving. I bet we see Lincoln Kineholtz by middle of the fourth quarter. He's the third string quarterback from Pierre, South Dakota, and he's going to ball out, man. The spotlight's not too big for this guy from South Dakota. Pierre, South Dakota, man. I'm excited to see what he's got. He's an athlete. I think he was a three-sport athlete and had scholarship offers in every sport, football, baseball, basketball. So he's old school, man. Let's see how this youngster runs around, see how he handles the spotlight in the shoe. I hope we see him. I really do. I got the Buckeyes winning this 38-3. to Beave, I got this game 43-10. Buckeyes are obviously going to dominate this bad Sparty team. Ain't no Sparty party. They have only had maybe three reasons to party this year, and this shirt the hell ain't happening in Columbus, that's for sure. But Beef, I've been away from my trimmer for a few days. I really need to trim these ginger balls, but I can't. But we're still going to trim the landscape anyway, so it's time, baby. Let's trim the fucking landscape. Let's get it done. We got number eight, Bama, at Kentucky, 12 p.m. game on ESPN. After their first few weeks of the season, this was looking like it could have been a big game. Bama may have some hangover effects in this game after dominating LSU, but who knows? We will find out. But just know this, Bama will not stand for any of that rat poison in his locker room. Ain't yeah. happening, Beef. Saban ain't falling for that shit. Bama and Milrow have done nothing but improved over the length of the season. And well, their rankings are only going to climb as others lose, and Bama keeps those wins coming on in. Milrow showed off his running ability. Big game, having 155 yards on the ground and four touchdowns, something he hasn't done all season. And is this another case of of the college football playoff committees of the college football playoff committee forecasting and just waiting to move the tide past Texas. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. It could be, could be. I They say they don't do that, but man, it looks like they set that shit up left and right. And then what about Kentucky, man? They started off like world beaters, but it was against a bunch of dog shit teams and they lost three in a row to rank teams. What do you think? What do you think about this Kentucky team, man? I think they were definitely overinflated at the beginning of the season. I think everybody had that high in the sky apple pie hopes, but it was bullshit. Their quarterback that they transferred in has not been playing well. They're just average, man. They're mid. It yeah, is what it is. They can't get over the hump over anyone good in the SEC. It's a damn shame. So they're gonna. They've lost all the rated teams, all the good teams. And beat the bad teams. And they, they got overinflated because of that Florida win. And it looked good at the time. It did, but there's a lot of people beating Florida this year. So go ahead, B. Get your prediction out there. I got them. Alabama, the tide, rolling 38-10. Yeah, with you, B. Bama is going to give a bluegrass beat down to Kentucky, and they win this one 43-13. We talked about Florida. Let's move on down to the Sunshine State. We got a rivalry game. We got Miami at number four, Florida State. 3.30 p.m. game on ABC. 
This will be a sunshine state battle for supremacy. Florida State is looking to make the playoffs while Miami tries to save the season with a win against their rival. But watch out for Jordan Travis and those wide receivers. They're going to be running up that hurricane defense. Yeah, man. Hopefully those receivers are back. They were out on injury. Notice we didn't leave Florida in there in that battle for supremacy because the Gators suck, man. I think those swamp hunters caught up on them Gators. Anyway, the ninth team in the nation in scoring, Florida State is. Their offense is putting up 39.6 points per game, and their defense is 16th in scoring, giving up 17 points per game. Yeah, and we called this in the start of the season. Florida State in our top five. And we were catching all kinds of shit. But here they are in November, ranked fourth in the nation. Keep it up because Louisville just barely won tonight. And they are ready for Florida State in that ACC championship game. Damn, all these championship games shaping up like they're going to be some good games. Well, besides the one that has to play a Big Ten West team. No doubt about that one, B, man. Oof. That Big Ten West versus that Big Ten East, that's going to be ugly. Hey, but you, we'll be there. You got a prediction for this game? What are you thinking? I do. I do, man. I, I do have a prediction for this game, and I think Florida State's going to calm the Hurricanes, and they're going to win this one 31-17. See, they're going to be playing like it's the eye of that hurricane. You're right. Everything's going to be calm. But they're not ever going to feel the side effects. They're going to be playing in the middle of the whole damn game, 44 to 10. Mm-mm-mm. We got West Virginia at number 17, Oklahoma. 7 p.m. game on Fox. After two straight losses on the road, the Sooners get to come back home to lick their wounds and try to get a win against West Virginia. West Virginia was projected to be and last place at the beginning of the season. Bottom dwellers. For the Big 12, they were supposed to be bottom dwellers, but they have put a season together. Now, they're not making no playoffs. They're not going on no championship run, but you got to respect the build they have put on this season. I'm excited for this matchup. No one had this one circled, but here we are, ready to watch West Virginia at Oklahoma. Oklahoma's once... The golden child looking to make the playoffs, and now they're just in survival mode for the rest of the season. Be what you got on this game. Yeah, they're going to have to circle those wagons and get their shit into gear. Two straight losses. This was a game that mattered a few weeks ago. Now it's not so fucking important. I mean, who cares if West Virginia wins? Who cares if Oklahoma wins? Is it going to make a big deal? No. Is it going to make someone feel better as a coach? Probably. Is it going to make a fan base excited? Yeah. Honestly, I don't know what to say. It kind of looks like Oklahoma could fold it up. I mean, they could turn into a Maryland. Hell, Brent Venables and Dabo are going to be on the same wavelength. Going to have fans calling in, bitching out Venables pretty soon. And at Oklahoma, they would do that. Oklahoma fans would be pissed. They're expecting some wins, man. They had high hopes after knocking off Texas, and I would too. This is at Oklahoma, so I don't see West Virginia coming into their house and pulling it off. But man, I just don't know what we're going to get. So I'll go with Oklahoma 24, West Virginia 21. 
Ah, man, Beep, I think you got the scoring a little low. I think the defenses are a little suspect. Those offenses can score. Give me a 38-34 win for the Sooners to get back on track. But too late because the train's not going to the playoffs. Speaking about teams that fell off the track, we have USC. Oh, no! We suck again! Or SC. Or Southern Cal, or you guys out in California like to call them because y'all get butt hurt whenever it's said wrong. Have some of that. Give me some words. Don't give a shit. They're playing number six, Oregon. 10.30 p.m. on Fox. This is a Pac-12 after dark game, boy, and I love me some Pac-12 after dark. Oregon. Second in yards. Second in scoring offense. That's for the nation. 11th in scoring D. 18th in yards given up per game. This is all in the nation. Can that USCD get any worse? Can it get any worse? It is so freaking bad. At least the Grinch is gone. He will be stealing no more Christmases from the Trojans. He was a bust. And now he's done. B, what do you got on this game? I don't know, man. What is USC playing for now? Just to be a respectable team with only three losses. A team that fired its defensive coordinator and has already lost motivation doing to be eliminated from conference and playoff goals. I can see this team packing it in and losing games it would normally win. The D is a lost cause, though. I mean, it's already done for the year. Playing in Eugene, I see a domination. But Caleb is still going to be Caleb Williams. He's going to get hit. These are two top five quarterbacks in touchdowns and both top 10 in yards per game. This is a quarterback battle, man. And I think Oregon edges them out with that defense that they have, bro. I got a high scoring game, 54 to 40. I don't think USC is going to put up that much. I think they're going to struggle with this defense. This defense could be a little inflated, though. If you look at their competition, you can kind of see why their defense has played so well. They haven't really played a lot of great offenses outside of Colorado. But that's that's Colorado. But anyways, I still don't think USC scores this much. Oregon wins 51 to, um, let's say, 32. Let's go. Where are we going next? We go on to those A, J, and B best quickies. And you know we love our quickies. We got Virginia at Louisville. It just ended. It was a close game. But Louisville took control at the end. Yeah, two touchdowns. I think it was in the last five minutes that they scored. Might have been even three minutes. Anyway, two long touchdowns at the very end to close the deal. One to tie it up and the other... Go ahead to take the lead. Next, we got Texas Tech at number 16, Kansas, 12 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. We got Tulsa at Tulane. Battle of the Tees, 12 p.m. on ESPN 2. And the surging number 21, Arizona Wildcats at Colorado at 3 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. No one's going to be tuning in for that one. We got Baylor at number 25, Kansas State, 3 p.m. game on ESPN+. Another one no one's going to watch. Number 15, Oklahoma State at UCF, 
3.30 on ESPN. I'd like to tune in for that one, man. I want to see some more Okie State. How about them Cowboys? We got Stanford at Oregon State, 5.30 p.m. game on the network no one has and is coming to an end because it's an endangered species, the Pac-12 network. All right. What normally would be a game of the week, unrated Florida at number 19, LSU, 7.30 on the SEC network, better known as ESPN. We got another one that looked like it could have been a nice game. But then these two Carolina teams started to fall apart. We got Duke at number 24, North Carolina, 8 p.m. on the ACC Network. Beef, it is time to get Matt up in here. We got some bets to go. We got to find out how we did last week. We got to get these guys ready to get their bets in and make some money. Let's get Matt on the line. Bring in Seattle, Matt. We need to make some money. Let's go. Matt does Vegas. I'm in Vegas. Let's get it on. What's going on, Matt? How we doing? We brought you back. You're bringing those bets. I'm in Vegas. I'm ready to go down the FanDuel and play and make some money, baby. Yeah, well, thank you all for having me. And I think we all need to listen to AJ after last week between myself and the Beeve. It was pretty rough for me. I went 9-11-1, and one, uh, 103-90-3 and three on the year. But AJ going 5-2, and two, he is now up to 30-20-1 on the year. That's almost a 60% winning percentage. Very solid. Beeve going three and four last week. Now at 28 and 23, you are now two and a half gains behind AJ in the standings. Tell me how you're feeling about being in second place. I piss excellence. So I'm coming back. I'll be in first at the end of the season. That's all that matters. It's not about where you're at around the third turn. I'm just going to brag about it, Beef. I'm going to brag about it, man. I got you, Beef. I got you. Beef, let's, uh, let's shoot for a winning week this week. We'll see what we can do. Yeah, let's get these Big Ten backers some money. Let's get into this first game. We got Michigan at Penn State, man. Big game. It is a big game. Um, Starting out, just looking at where cash is going. Or let's start out with the over-unders. You see uh, 43.5 starting has moved up to 44.5. You've seen that spread stay rather tight at minus 5.5. Kind of feels like a very odd minus 5.5. Don't really know where, where they're going with that. If you're looking at cash, 66% of the cash right now is heading towards that over. That's why you've seen it move up a point. But that what you're really seeing with the Sharps there with that moving that number up is they think that there's going to be a little bit more scoring in this game, which is odd because you're looking at Michigan being number one in the country in points against allowed on defense. You got Penn State third in the country, so you're talking two top five defenses. But you also look at the flip side, Michigan 5th in the nation in scoring, Penn State 10th in the nation in scoring. So these are two, at least on paper, very good teams. If you're looking at where the Sharps are going versus the public, this is where it gets interesting. Sharps are actually fading Penn State quite a bit, or going with Penn State, I should say, quite a bit. You're seeing the betting public predominantly go with Michigan. So when I look at a game like this, First off, with the cash going with that over, I do like that over. I think first half, you might want to play that under. I think these teams get their legs under them. Could see something in that second half. However, I'm going with the eye test. I'm going with what I think is going to happen. I know Michigan hasn't played anybody thus far, but I think Michigan's a complete, solid team. I'd probably lay the points and go with Michigan, but let's start with you, AJ. Where are you going? I'm with you, man. I do like the over, but I think the safer bet here is Michigan and the points, baby. Yeah, that's where I was leading the whole way. 
lay those points for Michigan. Let's get into this next game. Georgia has back-to-back home games and banger matchups, but this time, Ole Miss at Georgia. So starting out here, you saw Georgia minus 11. That has moved up to minus 11 and a half. We've seen an over-under stay relatively flat at 58 and a half. If you're talking where cash is going, this is where the half a point is going. You're seeing about 58% of the cash right now going towards Georgia. And I think you can look at this and say, okay, Georgia is looking like they're rounding out like that back-to-back national championship team. Ole Miss, I go back to one of their biggest games of the year. They lost by 14 points to Alabama. I know they beat Tulane, but Alabama was really the biggest game on their schedule besides LSU. LSU's kind of shown who they are the last, with three losses already this year. That minus 11, if you see that line creep down there, I'd probably be laying Georgia. But quite honestly, I think they're rolling. So minus 11 and a half, lay the points, give me the Bulldogs. But let's start with you, Beef. Well, yeah, I got to take Georgia overall to win the game. What how I'm going to do that is a different story. 11 and a half points. That's a lot of points. But yeah, fuck it. Lay the points. Give me Georgia. Give me them dogs. They're the real deal. And you, AJ. Oh, man, this is a tough one. I'm going to go with the under. Under. Very interesting. We got another great Pac-12 matchup. This time, Utah travels to Washington. So what you're seeing here is the spread starting at minus nine. Washington that has moved up to minus nine and a half. What to me is more intriguing though, over under started at 54 and a half. That has dropped to 53 and a half. And actually, if you're looking at cash, this explains that 64% of cash is going to that under, which I find very surprising given Washington putting up 52 points last week. I know it was USC and know Alex Grinch got fired. They're still fourth in the nation in point scoring. Washington is one of the best offenses in the country. I think they can score a ton of points. Utah, again, solid team, good team. I don't really know what to make of them. Got blown out by Oregon, dominated a terrible Arizona State team. They are going to Seattle. Huskies are very, very tough in Seattle. Looking at this, I'd probably be leaning Washington, laying the points at minus nine and a half. This looks to me like a 30 you know, 11, maybe 14 point win, maybe a little bit more. The over-under kind of scares me just simply fact, I don't know what Utah is going to bring offensively. So I may stay away from that, go with the more dominant team, lay the points with the Huskies. But let's start with you, Beef. I'm taking the over. And you, AJ. Man, another tough one. I think Washington's going to cover. Next one, close game. This one should be a close game. We got Tennessee and Missouri. You saw Tennessee right out of the gate at minus one. That has actually creeped up to minus one and a half. And actually, you're seeing the Sharps play here is Tennessee straight up on this one. So you're seeing the big money, the sharp money, moving to Tennessee and the volunteers over under staying right around 59. You have kind of seen the under uh, get the majority of the cash. I'd say about 57% roughly here and there. So you're seeing that under be the play here. But honestly, you're seeing that heavy money going to Tennessee. The Sharps going with that. That line has creeped up to minus one and a half. You may see that line creep up to minus two, two and a half. And money keeps rolling in with Tennessee. That tells me they see something in Tennessee. It tells me they don't see something with Missouri. When I start seeing the Sharps playing that way, I lean towards the volunteers and laying the points. But let's start with you, Beef. Missouri beats the spread. All right. How about you, AJ? Man, these are some bangers, man. These ones are hard to choose think Tennessee covers. We got a, another game that should put up a lot of offensive points. We got USC 
at Oregon. So starting out here, you had Oregon minus 15 and a half. You've actually seen that drop a point to minus 14 and a half. I find that very odd given I think these are two teams going in complete opposite directions, but let's not bury the lead over under at 73 and a half. At this point, you really have to look at every time USC plays and basically say if they're playing a halfway decent offense, they're probably going to hit that over. I don't care about the change in defensive coordinator at USC. It's all about the players. They don't have the players on defense. They're going to put up a ton of points. Oregon puts up 63 last week. Oregon can put up points at will. This is an easy, easy over. I would take it all the way up, in my opinion, up to 76. So I would play the over, but let's start with you, Beef. Yeah, I'm over all the way. This is a, and you, AJ. This is about as easy as easy gets. I think we're all taking the Yeah, over. this is this is like the last few weeks with the Cal Gaming USC and USC at Washington. These are easy overs. You know, take them when you can get them. We got Alabama rolling to Kentucky. And I think rolling is a great way to describe Alabama right now. They are clicking on all cylinders. This looks like a team, in my opinion, they look like the best team in the SEC. Started out minus 10.5. It is stayed at 10.5. You've seen that over under actually go from 49 down to 48. And you're actually seeing about 67% of the cash hitting the under at this point in time. So you're seeing a lot of money rolling the under. I look at this and I see two plays with this one. I am laying the points with Alabama all day long. I think they look like a really, really good team at this point. Don't really think a whole lot of Kentucky. So minus, minus 10.5, minus 11. I'd be laying the points roll tide on that one. I also really, really like the under here. I don't think Kentucky can score a lot against Alabama, which sneakily has 15th best defense in the nation and points against allowed. So I think they have a pretty solid defense. Hold the Wildcats down, dominating the win column, dominating points. But let's start with you, AJ. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm taking the under. That's my safe bet. I think Alabama can win by more than 10.5, but they're on the road. So I think the safer bet is... And you beef. Lay those points. Give me Bama. Yeah. I think it's a roll tide weekend. We got a rivalry game here. We got the Canes and Seminoles. So you saw the Seminoles come out of the gate at minus 14. They are now up to minus 14 and a half. The real play I see here, though, is the over-under. It started at minus 49 and a half. That has jumped to 50 and a half. Florida State. Seventh best team in the country in scoring. They have great quarterback play. They got fantastic wide receivers. I think they can put up a lot of points. Miami's 42nd in the nation. They're going to put up some points, be all right. 31st in the nation points against allowed, but I think Florida State's offense is too dominant. I really don't like the hook here. I think Florida State played a little sluggish last week against Pitt. Also, Pitt coming off a drumming at Notre Dame had something to prove. So that game was a lot tighter. Florida State didn't cover the spread last week. Don't like the hook, so the play I see here is the over. But let's start with you, Beef. Oh, man. I don't trust Florida State to cover those points, so I will take Miami. Ooh, the Hurricanes. All right, how about you, AJ? I think Beef's on to something. Don't think Florida State covers, but I still believe what Matt said, the safest bet here is taking the over. Boys, you know what time it is? It's time for Rapid Fire. Rapid Fire! We got Michigan State at Ohio State. Yeah. Ohio State starting out at minus 29.5. That has already jumped up to 31.5. The biggest jump we've seen this week. We see that over-under play stay consistent at 46.5. Just so we know, 
Michigan State, 130th in the country in scoring offense. They have no offense whatsoever. Ohio State's second in the nation in points against a lot on their defense. So I really see Ohio State dominating this game. Low scoring game. I don't care what you tell me about Marvin Harrison, Travion Henderson, Kyle McCord is terrible. Cannot move the ball. Not a lot of points from the Buckeyes. Give me the under. The banger of the year. The one everyone's been waiting for. Indiana, Illinois. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to impose a new rule on this podcast effective immediately. Stay the hell away from the Big Ten West. It is like betting the Mac on Tuesday and Wednesday in November. You have no idea what's going to happen. The spreads don't make sense. The over-unders are in the 40s. They're all pedestrian. My advice is to stay away from them. However, I'm hoping you're listening to this segment because you're a degenerate like myself. So we're just going to dive in and try to do the best we can. Illinois went from minus six and a half to minus seven. You see that over under creep down a half a point from 44 to 43 and a half. When you're looking at a play like this, I actually think Indiana, although I've been bashing them quite a bit, if you actually look at the last few games, they've been playing a little bit better, a little bit better. I know 126 in the nation scoring allowed. With that being said, I don't really trust Burt Bielema in Illini. I'd actually take the points. Give me the Hoosiers. We got who's going bowling. Maryland and Nebraska. Yeah, two other teams you have no idea. You got Maryland who's lost four straight games. You got Nebraska with a chance to secure a bowl eligible season against Michigan State laying a complete egg. Maryland started out minus one and a half. They've moved up to minus two and a half over under state right around 45. So again, not a lot there. When I look at a when I look at a game like this, I have no confidence in either of these teams. Again, I would completely stay away. Big Ten West with Nebraska. However, when I'm seeing minus one and a half go to two and a half, give me the Terrapins. Another classic matchup, Rutgers versus Iowa. Yeah, last week, Iowa Northwestern set the modern betting era at coming in, starting out at minus 29 and a half with an over and under. Well, guess what? It took one week to beat that record. Rutgers, Iowa, over under started at 28 and a half. That has moved up to 29 and a half. Iowa went from minus one to minus one and a half. I don't know how you're looking at this game and saying that is moving up a point. I know nobody can stomach the concept of going under at 29 and a half. I'm taking the under all the way here. We got another great Big Ten West matchup, Minnesota and Purdue. Yeah, this is one, and you're not going to hear me say this very often. I, I think Vegas got the favorite wrong here because you're seeing Purdue minus one. Now, again, that's not a huge favorite underdog matchup, not a huge discrepancy. Purdue just has done nothing this year. 101st in scoring offense, 102nd in points against allowed on defense. Just incredibly pathetic on both sides of the football. I'm not saying a whole lot about P.J. Fleck in Minnesota. However, if you're going to give me plus points against Purdue, gobble those up. Give me the Golden Gophers. Northwestern Wisconsin. Who wants it, baby? Another team I got to kind of come correct on with Northwestern. I, I know they lost last week, 10 to 7, but they have been playing better football as of late. You're seeing the spread, though. It started minus 10 and a half Wisconsin. It's moved up to minus 11 and a half and over under staying right around 42 and a half. I know Wisconsin has got a lot of injuries throughout their team. However, they, they've shown nothing the last couple of weeks. I know it was 24 10 against Ohio State again. Not the same Ohio State offense we're all used to. Northwestern has just been more competitive as of late. 
If you're going to give me plus 11 and a half, scoop those up. Give me the Wildcats of Northwestern. Let's get into some of those Pac-12 bets. We got Arizona and Colorado. Yeah, don't look now. You got the 21st ranked Arizona Wildcats. Two years ago, that would have been unheard of to think that they would be 21st ranked. They are 6-3. and three. They are minus 10 and a half going to Boulder, taking on the Buffaloes. You're seeing a 53 and a half starting over under that has moved up to 54 and a half. Game like this, I think Arizona has actually been putting some points on the board, 44th in the nation in scoring, decent defense. But again, Colorado, 115th in the nation, points against the loud. I think Shadir Sanders is going to put up some points. I think Arizona is going to put up more. I would t- take the over here. Another classic matchup we got for you here. Washington State, Cal. Let's get a, pr- let's get a protest. Let's get a protest to start this game. Nothing more fucking Cal than protests. They they may protest well, but they don't play defense well. They are 132nd in the nation in points against the loud. So their defense is atrocious. Cal, though, minus one in Berkeley, welcoming the Washington State Cougars. You're seeing an over-under here at 59 and a half. Not the same Washington State team we've remembered in the past with the air raid offense. They're actually 69th in the nation in scoring. Haven't been putting up a ton of points. But if you look at Cal, Cal has been pretty decent on offense. And their defense is atrocious. That is a great recipe for an over. So give me the over here. We got Stanford and Oregon State. Yeah. Started out at minus 21 and a half with the Beavers. That has dropped to minus 21. You've seen that over under state right around 54. Stanford, again, another team I bashed early in the year. Losing to Sacramento State. Didn't think a whole lot of them. They've kind of righted that ship at three and six, if you can say righting the ship with that. But I look at this team and I say, I, I just don't know. That spread's a little scary. Oregon State didn't cover last week against Colorado. Made me a little nervous. Their defense is really good down there in Corvallis. With this being said, at 54 and a half, I'd be playing the under. And for the final one, Arizona State, UCLA. Yeah, Arizona State. Uh, really missing Herm Edwards. Having a really tough year this year at 2-7. and seven. UCLA 6-3 and three, dropped out of the rankings. They are minus 17 against Arizona State. 44.5 over under here. We've been talking about UCLA's defense throughout the year. Incredible defense. 13 in, 13th in the nation in points against allowed. Arizona State, we're not even going to get into their metrics. They're atrocious. UCLA hasn't been doing a whole lot on offense, so I see it a mediocre offensive display from UCLA. Great defense, playing the under here all the way. All right, we're ready to wrap this up and get out of here, right? Let's go. Let's get these Big Ten backers out. No, no, no. I think there's one more. Not so fast, my I think friend. there's one more left. Oh, come on. Let's get out of here. We're done. Cover the games that need to be covered. Beeb's got an itch to take care of. I got this <laughs> sensation when I pay. I got a damn good feeling You're the one who gave it to me It's time for the Burns When You Pee Game of the Week I'm getting shitty football fatigue, man (laughs) AJ, you think he's a little nervous Because he's on a six-game losing streak Picking these games You think that's what it is? He's beyond nervous He's absolutely devastated Dr. Bills are piling up He's got medication Last week, you, you you said Iowa minus five. I mean, I was shocked they scored more than five points in the game. You know, quite honestly, that could have been five to nothing win, man. So that's I, I thought it was gonna that's be, really I thought gutsy it was gonna going. Be six much. nothing, two field goals, and that's it. Uh, I think they're more likely to get a safety than a field goal, but um, that that was a gutsy play. Although that was ten seven, you taking Iowa minus five, they won there at the end. Uh, 
I, th- I think that wind was blowing in at Wrigley Field. It was uh, keeping the ball in play, a lot of can of corns. But we got a really good one here. We got the Florida International at four and five, traveling to take Middle Tennessee State at two and seven. Now, I say the records with that Florida International four and five, Middle Tennessee State two and seven. Surprisingly, Middle Tennessee State is minus 11 in this game. I'll also give you a little breakdown over unders. It started at 53 and a half. You've seen that over under drop to 52 and a half. Well, since you don't know a lot about these teams, you know, again, I like to look at scoring both on offense and defense. It gives me a really good metric, especially if you're looking at over unders that what a team could possibly accomplish. Florida International, 96th in the country in scoring. Middle Tennessee State, 106th in the nation in scoring. And again, for reference for everybody listening here, there are 133 teams in FBS. So it's pretty bad. But now let's go to the defensive side. Florida International, 97th in the nation in points against allowed. Middle Tennessee State, 112. All right, so this is really a pretty bad game. Fits really perfectly in this game of the week segment. I've given you as much as I can on teams that you're probably not following a whole lot. Where are you going to get out of this six-game losing streak? Oh, man, I don't know. Who are the coaches for these teams? Anyone know? No. Mike McIntyre, I believe, is the coach for Florida International. I I don't know about Middle Tennessee State. I mean, that's the make or break, man. I need to know who the coaches are. It is Rick Stockstill. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Rick Stockstill is the head coach for Middle Tennessee State. You got Mike McIntyre for Florida International. You got Rick Stockstyle from Middle Tennessee State. Um, I'm going to put these both in the rebuilding year category. You can take that for what it's worth, but I'm going to go minus 11, Middle Tennessee State. You got an over-under of 52 and a half. Where are you leaning? Florida International, baby. You're going to take the points and go FIU. All right. Let's see if B can get it cleaned, but I have my doubts, but I think that does it for our show. Matt, as always, we love having you on here. We appreciate you bringing in these bets. We love this segment. Been making some money off these segments. But B, get us on yeah. out Thanks of again, here. Matt. Thanks for coming. AJ, from joining us Thank you for- in Vegas, where these bets are going to made happen. You better put that bet on Florida Atlantic for me, man. Or, I mean, Florida International. One of- I would not recommend that, AJ. I think I should go the opposite. Yeah. I'm going to go the opposite. <laughs> yeah, do it. Let's see what happens. all right man big 10 beggars are out god bless everyone have a fantastic weekend watching some football i know i will in happy valley slater big 10 beggars podcast follow our sponsors nilfanboat.com oh no midwest goodbye today 